0: to Fresh Press for October 6th, 2020. My name is Gabe.
1: And my name is Andrew. This is a show about music where we talk about new tunes and thonic grooves. Gabe, do you think we could uh, hurry up this whole recording process so I could get back to playing Hades?
0: Andrew, the only thing you've been doing for like the past week and a half has been playing Hades. Don't you think it's time to take a break and listen to some good music?
1: There's some great music in the video game Hades. So I have been listening to some great music.
0: Uh, Is the soundtrack composer to the game Hades Darren Korb?
1: Uh, It is. He also plays the. I was going to say titular, not titular character. He does play the main character Zagreus.
0: Like uh, voices the main character. Voices. You're well, yeah. He's not doing
1: mocap for it.
0: Well, uh, Well, I mean, maybe our listen. Maybe our listeners don't know what Hades is. Like, you should explain to them this game that you've been obsessed with.
1: It is a newly officially released video game from uh, a studio that Gabe likes, the the name of which I can't recall. Supergiant Games. Supergiant Games.
0: They also did Bastion and Transistor Empire, all of which I've played and loved. Yes,
1: and none of which I've played or loved, but I have been playing a lot of Hades and loving it. It is a roguelike, hack and slash, isometric, what are some other sort of gaming words I can say here? Uh, fully voiced
0: listen you dropped thonic on us just a few moments ago so you're doing okay
1: well that name's uh, you know big in my mind because I just got uh, you know I just paid for this one underworld renovation so that anytime I get uh, thonic keys as a room reward I also get one uh, die for faded authority so that uh, has really helped you um, you sort of fill out some of the some of the minor prophecies that I've been working on, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, so nobody knows what you're talking about, um, but Christine that will matter. know what
1: I'm talking about.
0: Here's something that people might know a little bit more about music. What do you think
1: about music in general? It's pretty good.
0: <laughs> if you haven't gathered our theme for this week, dear listeners. Is the Greek underworld, which Andrew can probably tell you so much about now if you just ask. But, you know, broadly, you've got Hades, which is the Greek underworld, and also, you know, the, the god of the underworld, the brother of Zeus. Come on, everybody's seen Hercules, right? You've got some rivers, the Styx being the most famous, but some other rivers. There are some lesser gods, queen of the underworld, you know, the usual cast of characters. That the Greeks entertained us with over the millennia. Andrew, tell us about your groove.
1: I have brought a song entitled Charon. And Gabe, I'm going to need you to ready the alarm because this song is p- written and performed by our very own podcast favorite, Keaton Henson. Bow, 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 bow. I want to acknowledge uh, right off the bat here that I am kind of shooting myself in the foot with this one.
0: Yeah, wait a second. This is a huge mistake. (laughs) Isn't he coming out with a new album? Don't you want to bring something off that, Andrew?
1: In two weeks on October 23rd, uh, Keaton Henson is releasing his uh, new album entitled Monument. But the problem is I thought of this theme and every time I see Charon in the game or I pick up any money in the game, Hades, I think about this song. And so it's been so in my head. And it's such a classic song uh, that I, I just I-, I have to bring it. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to have to find something else for that week to talk about. Uh, but this is this is just where we're at. OK, we're going to talk about Charon by Keaton Henson. And well, it's just, we're just going to have to deal with that.
0: That's fine. That's fine. I mean, we don't know that the new album is going to be great.
1: Yes, I mean, I like a lot of the songs from it, but those ones are I can't pick, and I didn't pick them in the past because I was like, well, I'll just pick something from the album when it comes out, and then I sort of fucked myself over on that one.
0: Well, that's okay, because this is a great song.
1: Yes, and it's a classic. This is from his uh, debut album, Dear. Uh, That's D-E-A-R, which uh, was released in 2010, Uh, So Keaton Henson is also a visual artist and a poet. Uh, He does, I think, all of his own album art and a bunch of other art. He has like a graphic novel. He has one book of poetry, and then he's coming out with a second book of poetry on October 22nd of this year. So you can purchase a bundle of his new book of poetry and his new album if you so choose.
0: Wow. Multi-talented. I didn't know these other facts about Keaton Henson. Andrew, can you give us some background for who is Charon um, in the mythology? I know we have some listeners that do not care for Greek mythology.
1: (laughs) Haha, I get it. Charon is the ferryman who uh, carries the souls of dead people across the river Styx on his boat. He's also in the game Hades. You can buy stuff from him. You can hang out with him, talk to him. He's not particularly verbose. but So the uh, the reason he's invoked in this song is, is basically the narrator of the song is saying, I'll be dead before I let you near my son. Don't ever talk to me or my son again, is basically. Uh, the line is, there will be coins on my eyes to pay care on before I let you near my son. Which... Uh, of course, because Charon is the ferryman, you have to pay him in order to get you across the River Styx. But I learned in uh, reading about this that this is actually not correct. What? Uh, the coin that you pay Charon with was traditionally placed in the mouth of the dead person.
0: So where did the coins on the eyes thing come from? Because I've also I've heard that as well. Like as right, I have
1: on. too. Uh, And it's unclear exactly where that came from. But it seems to be entirely disconnected. It says, like, only rarely does the placement of a pair of coins suggest they might have covered the eyes in terms of, like, archaeological evidence. And generally, you don't need one coin because you just need to pay him once. You're not taking the ferry more than once, right?
0: Yeah, probably not.
1: Um, So the coins on your eyes thing is not like actually archaeologically related to Charon it seems but that is sort of the uh, link that Keaton Henson is making that for I mean 10 years since I heard this song have always thought that that's what that that was legit but I've just learned that it is not true
0: there be coins on my
1: There'll be coins on my eyes To take care on
0: Before I enter my son From a musical standpoint, Andrew, I really like how raw the sound of the song is. And I think that's true of most of um, his music, but...
1: Yeah, and especially this, this first album is, is very raw. And I agree. I was thinking about sort of the specifics of why I love this song and the sound of Keaton Henson and the rawness is an important part. You know, he, he plays with tempo a little bit. The guitar is very, um, you hear a lot of the percussiveness of the, of the like playing and fretting of the guitar, which is something that I enjoy having as an aspect of the sound. And it's not like, perfectly regimented rhythmically. Like, there are times when he slows down a little bit. There are times when it it doesn't stumble, like he's making a mistake, but it sort of, like, takes a a little breath between sections or between chords. But there's also an aspect of this song that's not, it's not just a single take. You know, this isn't Field Medic, where he's just, like, turning on the four-track tape and giving it a shot. There are also a couple other layers to this song, which... Are subtle but make it feel much more full without polluting that sense of rawness. So there's uh just some very background I don't want to say oz because that almost seems too composed, but it's vocals that are just sort of very ethereal in the background and are not
0: They're like atmospheric.
1: Yeah, yeah. It it augments the sound. Rather than being like a, it's not so much an equal component as the guitar and the vocals are. It's, it just sort of fills out the space and uh, illustrates or colors in uh, the lines that are that are drawn by the melody.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, this is not just Keaton Henson sitting down in front of the mic with the guitar. It is a composed piece of work that has layers to it.
1: Absolutely, but the great thing is that it feel it almost feels like it is just him sitting down because of how subtly it is produced I thought so selected a song which i can only assume uh you chose because you've decided like at least one of our listeners that the entity for which this song is named is the hottest character in the game Hades. is that true
0: um yes this song is thanatos from soap and skin off her 2009 debut love tune for vacuum
1: How many episodes do you think we can mention dark in a row? Yeah,
0: so I was just going to say... You chose this theme because you're obsessed with a game, but it enabled me to choose a song that allows me to talk about Dark, and if I can talk about Dark, I am happy. Um, I actually think this song is in the soundtrack of the TV show Dark, which I recommend that everybody watch because it's great, and uh, the atmosphere given by this song is very appropriate for uh, that TV show, so that should give you a sense of what it's like. I know that she has other songs on the soundtrack for that TV show, notably from the first season, Me and the Devil, which uh, accompanies a montage that is just, it's incredible. It's so well done. But I'm, I am here more to talk about the song because I think it's a good song. Uh, soap and Skin, stylized with an ampersand and as uh, all one word, no spaces, uh, is Anya Plash. She is Austrian, I think best described as an experimental pop artist. So she grew up in a farm in Styria, which is a region of Austria, and then showed some real talents singing in, with the piano. Ended up going to the Academy of the Arts in Vienna or something like that, and then kind of burst onto the pop scene. I guess, yeah, pop scene, especially in Germany and Austria, with this album in 2009 titled Love Tune for Vacuum and this is a good kind of demonstration of her style which is very piano heavy very like classically instrumented is that the phrase instrument very classically instrumented
1: it's definitely not the
0: phrase you know she'll use lots of strings um, in this case it's almost entirely just her singing with solo piano although there's little like maybe synthy things added towards the end of the song I One thing I like about Soap and Skin's music is how it can really set you into a vibe. If that makes sense, Mm, yeah. This song is very doom and gloom, and kind of everything evokes that atmosphere. From like just the way that like the piano is struck, like very forceful playing of the keys. I don't know if that comes across to you as a former or current keyboardist, but like especially like the the left hand, the bass hand sounds like it's like very like bonk, bonk. And um, also the lyrics don't don't tell a story really in any way or in a way that's decipherable to me, but they do evoke kind of like this sense of doom. To some degree, I see a lot of parallels with certain kinds of metal. Like obviously this is not metal. But it no. almost feels like it draws from a similar tradition and that it's like, here are these death things and this death sound and, you know, like coming at it from maybe a different angle of music from a more classical standpoint as opposed to, like, all guitar. But
1: Huh. Yeah, I can sort of see that. Although, uh, in terms of, like, the field of songs from which you were picking something, uh, songs about the Greek underworld...
0: Yeah, I probably could have found some actual. There's metal. a lot
1: more metal you can get. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, that's very, very fair. Beyond just like the piano playing and the use, again, of this more classical instrumentation, Soap and Skin is very clearly somebody who's trained in like the concert musician style. I think just from the way that she uses dynamics in a very. Overt way, which I think is less common in musicians who are not classically trained. The use of dynamics in like classical music is definitely a much wider range than like in modern rock, right? Hmm. Yeah. That comes across in the song, right? There are parts of the song that are quite low key and quiet, and then it'll really just like swell into this massive sound, and she plays with that. I was going to say dynamic. (laughs) She plays with that that function fairly well. And that's true on some of her other music too, right? Nothing, none of her songs are like one volume. You really feel the swell of the music. Torn open tongue I fell in your Cold fishing Andrew, you found another great single to bring as your new tune this week.
1: Yes, this is uh, part two of this episode where I shoot myself in the foot for future releases, uh, because the album for this single comes out on October thirtieth, so it's that's two weeks now. I've sort of blocked out a really good album that I could bring from, but the song uh, that I have today is by the band Sinai Vessel. And it is called Guest in Your Life.
0: If I was guest in your life, I would likely understand. We were always flirting with permanent...
1: So, like I said, this is off of their upcoming album, Ground a Swim which comes out on the 30th of this month. Uh, I was not familiar with this band beforehand, but I really love this song and have since listened to their 2017 album, Broken Legged. And that has made me really look forward to this uh, upcoming album.
0: Yeah, I'm also not familiar with...
1: Well, yeah, so I found it because um, friend of the pod, Ben Saratan, tweeted about how he had been patiently waiting for this record to be out for almost a year. And he's excited. He said, when I say I've been waiting, what I mean is we listened to it unmastered at full volume in Caleb's minivan on the Merritt parkway in November 19. And it was one of the times I was most alive that fall. So that feels like a good sign to me. Yeah.
0: Jeez. What a rousing recommendation.
1: Yeah. But the connections to Andrew's favorite bands and musicians on this podcast don't stop there Oh because this boy. album was uh, primarily recorded in Silsby, Texas at the studio Lazy Bones Audio uh, and produced by Tommy Reed who is the brother of Hannah Reed who is Lomelda. Wow. Yes. So recorded in the same studio where Lomelda records produced by the same person who produces Lamelda, which is her brother tommy uh and that I think helps explain why not only do I like the songwriting of the song, I also really enjoy just the the sound and texture of it, and it feels very comforting to me
0: now that you've pointed this out, I very much hear the similarities in like sound between yeah, right Lomelda and. This, this song, which is the only song I've heard from Sinai Vessel, uh, obviously very different in lyrical content and construction, but um, I think, yeah, the word texture is a great one. It's exactly, there is some, like, you know, it was recorded on the same mics kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when I read that I about this song, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. So, uh, Sinai Vessel is uh, Caleb Cortez. I don't know how to say it. Cortez with a D and an S. I don't know how to say his name. Gords? It's unknown. Nobody knows how to say it. Uh, it's it's him as a, a solo project. Broken Legged, the album that uh, came out in 2017, had uh, more personnel on it, but it is back to being mostly just him. And I just found this song uh, so lovely. I just kept coming back to it until I decided, yeah, this I have to bring this because I just can't. I can't stop listening to it. I think this is a great example of the fresh pressed trademarked uh, term sound burrito.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I hear that. Very warm and comforting and enveloping. Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah, I think you and I sometimes differ on exactly what constitutes a sound burrito, but this for me is like this guitar sound, the texture, and warmth and fullness of that guitar sound immediately puts it into a, a tortilla and folds it in the right way so that it becomes a sound burrito.
0: Yeah, I I think maybe you took that metaphor slightly too far, but
1: sure. Well, we'll let the people decide. We'll put up a poll. Did I take that metaphor too far?
0: Okay, please do.
1: Okay.
0: I think the you know the instrumentation on the song of the guitars are very straightforward. And then there's like a really lovely slide guitar that comes in three quarters of the way through the song. Yeah. And it's just such a nice touch. It's one of those moments in a song that you're like, Oh, and it really puts a bow on it, which I really appreciate.
1: Yeah. I think, um, and obviously this is a credit to, uh, the songwriters and the musicians on it, but I think the way that this song feels, this is part of why it really makes sense that Tommy Reed produced it because, There's a certain way of listening to this song that I I think it can feel like it doesn't fully get into, like, rock. And then there's another way to listen to it where it is fully, like, maxing out the meter of emotion and passion in it. It just isn't doing it in, like, a bombastic kind of way. It's hard for me to explain this, but I remember when the first single from LaMelda's Hannah came out, Wonder. And I was, like, so fucking excited about it, and it filled me with so much energy and then, like, I saw an article that was, like, this is, like, a fun, chill thing. And I saw Lomel to retweet that and be, like, this is nice. But also, like, I kind of thought it was rock. <laughs> <laughs> where it has this quality where it's, like, it's not, like, blowing out your ears and stuff. But if you are really, like, engaged with it, it has this fullness. And this has, like, the fucking, like, Bob O'Reilly it's like, the da, da, da. Where if it was the who, you would you could, like, be screaming but it, I don't know, to use a word from the song, it has this smoldering to it that feels so powerful if you are close up to it. Um, but if you are not close enough to feel the heat of it, uh, it can seem like it's not enough. And so strangely simple when we far away. This song is about the end of a relationship, as many songs are. This is a quote from Caleb. I'm just going to use his first name because, you know, we're buds. And also, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. He says, it's the song about how strange it can be to negotiate dissolving a relationship. No matter how much the two parties love and respect one another, as was the case in this partnership, there's still a break, still pain and confusion in recognizing that what is falls short of what you imagined it could be. It's also a song about trying to care warmly for a friend and trying to see one another through parsing that pain.
0: I adore what Sinai Vessel has done with the metaphors that they use in this song. This idea of being like a guest in a home or later, like the idea of a relay race <laughs> in like the third verse, I think are really beautiful. And what I find really interesting is that. The songwriting always takes it just like a step further than I'm anticipating.
1: Mm. So it's good when you take a metaphor and go too far with it is what you're saying.
0: I'm saying it's good if you know what you're doing. Okay, fair.
1: Yeah, I um I'm going to I'm going to do this and you're going to make fun of me, but I find a lot of that like metaphorical approach to uh the songwriting to be reminiscent for me, at least, of uh, friend of the pod Benjamin Gibbard. Who? Benjamin Gibbard. You know, he's he's the guy from Coldplay. <laughs> That's dumb. Uh, anyway, but like, especially that what you mentioned, the like uh, later in the song, the, the second verse reference to like running a relay. That really feels like a Ben Gibbard kind of idea to me
0: i find the lyricism describing this end of this relationship to be like somewhat pragmatic like very matter of fact outside of all the metaphors like this idea that you know it's only gonna go as far as we both want it to and as soon as one person stops wanting it like that's okay like like yeah it's a shame but also i don't know just the way it's sung and described it feels like how you know that this should be the end of the relationship like this is where it's meant to end to some degree, and that that's okay even if it's still sad. The relay would only go on So long as each run around Where everyone chose to quit it That's where the torch
1: would land Near its molders in the sand... Gabe, when you uh, picked this song for your new tune, you told me that I was going to be upset with myself that you had found this album first and you got to pick from it. And you were right about that. So let's talk about Car Talk. Not the radio show, but the band.
0: Yes, not the radio show indeed. Although if you look up Car Talk on Google... Or Duck Jet Go, as I prefer. You're just going to get the radio show. Yeah. But that's okay. This album is the debut album from Car Talk, titled Pass Like Pollen. And the song that I've chosen is Car Window. <laughs> we get too much into talking about how great the song is and how great the album is and just all of the delightfulness that this is i do have to say that front of the pod tweeted about this album and that's how i became aware of it and that front of the pod is sarah tudson also known as illuminati hotties
1: i think maybe we've said friend of the pod too many times on this episode
0: definitely we have but Maybe that's just going to become more common every time we bring a musician and then follow them <laughs> on Twitter. then They tweet about another musician that we like, then they're a friend of the pod. So she she did produce and engineer this record. And that, that, was, um, that was her original training, as we talked about on the Illuminati Hotties episode um, a few weeks ago. Um, but Car Talk is Chuck Moore, uh, who's based in Los Angeles. Um, and the project is, according to the bio, named after... Uh, Like a late night text from a friend saying, hey, I love our little car talks, which I think, especially if you're from L.A., I imagine, but also if you've ever lived in suburbia, you're familiar with this idea of like going on a late night drive and like either driving or just like parking somewhere and chatting in the car with somebody for like an hour or two uh, about your life. And somehow like cars are a great environment for that because it's both intimate, but also you can stare out the window. And this song is about car windows, which is perfect.
1: Um, I do think it's interesting that if I had found this uh, album first, I, I think this song is great. Definitely was not one of the ones that I was considering, I would have been considering bringing.
0: Out of curiosity, which song was your favorite off this record?
1: Well, I've only listened to it once. I would have to listen to it a little more, but I think Driveway was maybe my favorite.
0: Yeah, that makes sense to me.
1: You know, I'm really a, like, side B kind of person. So the latter half of the album uh, is what I'm very into. You very
0: much are that. Um, I just love the emotional expressiveness of the song, especially towards the end where, you know, the volume really amps up and and the vocals are really just gone for. The lyrics of the song are broadly about, you know, going, driving through Los Angeles and thinking about your relationship with another human being on that drive, which again, I think a familiar feeling. I like that the way that Chuck Moore like blends the lines, of the lyrics in a way you could say blurs the line of lyrics, which is uh, a motif that's echoed through the song. The idea of like the lines on the road, blurring and your sight lines blurring as you're driving somewhere, but also like, lines feed into each other in not like the obvious ways not the obvious breaks between lines as if you were writing out the lyrics and i think that's a cool way of doing it and i think that's well done But again, Andrew, my favorite part of the song is the song builds and builds and builds and then there's like this cathartic release um, from them in the kind of like towards that end point. And we talked about this a little bit last week with like the idea of these big releases in songs. Um, And again, we were speaking about dynamic range earlier. I I just really love music that emphasizes that. That's always the music I've been most drawn to. Like, you know, historically people are like, oh, what's your favorite song? I'm like, well, you know, like Everybody's gonna make fun of me for this, but you know, I love Stairway to Heaven in p- part because that's exactly what that song is, right? It's a build and a build and a build, and then there's just an amazing release at the end of the song. And you know, this song is not Stairway to Heaven, it's n- like nothing like it. I wouldn't compare it, but
1: and yet here we are,
0: but but it has that same aspect that I really like.
1: I think, uh, maybe this is not exactly how you're looking at it, but I, I think something that uh, I feel is true. See now, I'm just having to. We have to compare and contrast "Stairway to Heaven" and "Car Window" by Car. Sorry, time. sorry, I but I think something there. in relation to dynamics that they both have is that they both earn that uh, big explosion over different periods of time. But I, I don't ever feel like, oh, suddenly this is loud now. You know, I'm like it. It it takes me on that journey, and I am. Uh, with it every step of the way. this car talk album guess who played banjo and trumpet on it
0: uh I, i um guess who oh it says noah Weinman. why am i why do i know that name friend of
1: the pod and person i know in real life noah Weinman, aka runner also played on some other album that we talked about recently or maybe i tweeted about last month or something Oh, wow. But yeah, apparently, I guess he's doing a lot of like LA sessions because he keeps seeing his name pop up.
0: That's really cool. I didn't, I didn't, uh, when I was looking through the credits on Bandcamp, uh, I was like, wow, I kind of, that name looks familiar. So does the name Dean Kiner, who was the bassist, but I couldn't place it. Um, Well, it is a great banjo on this song. So go you, Mm. Noah. Speaking of Bandcamp, you can get this album on orange vinyl right now. Mm. Uh, I don't know how many left but I did order that on Bandcamp Friday, which was this past Friday.
1: Good, good. Do you know is it just like the color or is it scented or like flavored? Is it scratch and sniff? You should probably know that before you test it out whether or not is it it's intended to be scratch and sniff.
0: Um listen Andrew, I'm no DJ, so I'm not out here scratching my records. Fair enough. Chuck, please let us know if your records are scratch and sniff and if they are. Yeah. Uh, you should probably include that on the Bandcamp description. If they aren't, you can send a strongly worded message to Andrew. Yeah. Sheets,
1: Call the I keep my head.
0: Andrew. I also enjoyed some other new music that was released this week. Andrew, what would what, what else did
1: you like? Well, uh, <laughs> this is kind of funny, but uh, Runner released one of one, uh, which includes the song New Sublet, which I picked a little while ago. So shout out to Noah Weinman. And of course, uh, the field medic album that I picked from last week also came out this friday so those are both love
0: i really enjoyed the Barty's strange record which is like a uh, kind of a harder indie rock i guess i would describe it i'm not sure which has been getting some play in like the circles that i follow um i really enjoyed the record there's also uh the new jonesy record came out this isn't it yonsey the new Jonesy record came out this week. Um, who, I mean, it's not
1: Jonesy. He's, it's not fucking Jonesy. Like He's from Iceland.
0: Who is the lead singer of Sigur Rós. Um, I also really enjoyed Shamir's self-titled record, which has mm, an absolute yeah. banger of an opening track titled On My Own. So plenty of new music to listen to. Um, Plenty of upcoming music to listen to You can give us a follow If you want to hear sort of some things about that Sometimes uh, on Twitter At Fresh Press Pod We also have a Spotify playlist With all of the music from this week And previous weeks And then we'll be back on October 13th With more tunes And more grooves But for now, I'm Gabe I'm Andrew And you've been listening to Fresh Pressed